Our gospel passage this morning is taken from the gospel according to Mark. Here now a reading of the good news we find in chapter 7 of Mark. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is written, for it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. And this is the, the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, and again, we just want to say thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning. Even as we continue to flex with the environment and the circumstances we find ourselves in, we've been adapting and flexing with COVID for well over a year, and now we find ourselves flexing yet again and in multiple ways to a hurricane, nature's forces. And so we just want to say thank you for choosing to be here and to worship with us even in this virtual uh, platform, because we see and we believe that as we gather, however we gather, that there where, where two or more gather, there we'll find Christ, and Christ will be present with us as we offer our worship and praise to God. As we uh, continue this series that we're in, we've been able to bless so many things and so many ministries and people who serve and and um, work and play and um, just live life to the best of their abilities and, and, and they offer their, their work and their gifts and their talents back to God. And today we were able to, to pray and bless those who serve uh, through the medical and health professions, those who serve as first responders and those who serve through the military and police forces and fire departments and those who serve as elected officials. It is a uh, blessing that we are led by uh, people, men and women, who will offer their gifts and their talents, their skills and expertise and their whole beings uh, to the governance and to the leadership to, of their community. And for that, we give thanks. Today, as we read this um, Mark passage, we read about this rather um, uh, interesting passage as Jesus has this um, debate and argument with the Pharisees and the scribes 
This is an ongoing thing, and, it, and, it, and in the Gospel of Mark, it ramps up really quickly, and it, 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 it escalates um, rather exponentially. Um, Mark wastes no time um, getting into the conflict between the religious leaders and Jesus Christ and his disciples. Chapter 7 of, of, of Mark, we find Jesus and his disciples as this forming uh, community, this, even as an image uh, for the church, the early church and, and us, that we are finding our way, that this, as the disciples find their way in the world to be faithful, to be righteous and set apart, uh, but yet be in the world, to be a light to the world. It's not always an easy task. It sounds easy enough, but not, it's, just not, it's just not easy. And we find their difficulty, we find their, their confusion and their lack of understanding um, again and again in the Gospel of Mark. We find it here. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 7, we find Jesus speaking to three different groups. And in the first group he is speaking to are those Pharisees and scribes, those religious leaders who have made their way from Jerusalem up to Galilee where he is ministering and teaching and offering miracles and it's just having this flourishing um, ministry and a growing community and followers. And it's so much so that people are beginning to hear about him and his reputation begins to precede him and people will meet him as he arrives. They would arrive before he did so they could hear and see out of curiosity. Those who were, were ill or living with conditions, they would meet him there hoping to be touched and healed. They wanted their loved ones, their friends to, to, to see and hear this incredible rabbi, this teacher who had unbelievable gifts, divine gifts of healing and peace and comfort and would teach with authority that was unparalleled and unheard of in the synagogues. And so as the people began to gather, the Pharisees and the scribes, uh, out of curiosity, out of fear, out of concern, make their way to Galilee just to see and to challenge, to test Jesus, to see what all the fuss is about, and to hopefully catch him and trip him up and catch him in a trap. This, uh, this, this passage opens up with the Pharisees and the scribes. This is who Jesus is talking to, and he calls them out in a very harsh manner when he says that, that Isaiah the prophet was correct when he, when he spoke about you Pharisees and you scribes, you religious leaders, you hypocrites, how you will follow human traditions and devices and abandon God. This could not have sat well for those who it was aimed for, those Pharisees and scribes. Certainly, uh, they were offended. The, the crowds that were gathering around, wanted, they wanted to understand. They wanted to they wanted, they wanted a judge. They wanted um, a, a measuring stick that they could hold and measure up to. They wanted something that was livable and doable where they didn't find that through the Pharisees, the scribes, religious leaders of their day who held impossible goals, impossible traditions. And so here in chapter 7, the Pharisees call out the disciples of Jesus for eating 
food before ritualistically washing their hands or washing the food that they were eating. They said they are eating, they're defiling themselves. They are making themselves unclean by eating unclean food and eating food with unclean hands. This scene is is powerful. And it, it always takes, whenever I read this passage, I always go back to this incredible scene in a movie that many of you probably never heard of, but it's called Neighbors. It came out in 1981. It stars John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. And it's about these two couples. It's about... Um, Earl, who is played by John Belushi and his wife Enid, and they live a very comfortable and a very routine, almost boring life there in the suburbs until Vic and Ramona. Vic and Ramona Zek move into the neighborhood. They become their next door neighbors and everything changes. Life is not boring anymore. Life is always exciting. Life is always a challenge. And as Earl begins to watch Vic, he begins to not trust Vic. He watches him closely, too closely, to the point that Earl himself becomes untrustworthy. And at one point in the movie, Earl drives Vic's car into the swamp where it sinks into the bog. And at a point in the movie, Earl goes to Vic and visits him in his house. And they're sitting at the kitchen table. And Earl asks him, would you like some coffee? And Earl says, yeah, I'd love some coffee. And, and so Vic takes two coffee mugs and sets them on the kitchen table. And there's one, I mean, right out of the dishwasher, sparkling clean mug. And then there's another mug that is completely filthy. It's dirty and grimy and obviously hasn't been washed in weeks. And so Earl's looking at this cup, which was placed in front of him, and he watched Vic just throw coffee grounds, instant coffee grounds into each cup. And so Earl tries to switch the cups, but Vic sees him. And he switches the cups back and he turns his attention back to the pot of boiling water on the stove. And, and so Vic, Earl is standing there and sitting there and he, he picks up the mug and he pours the grounds out into his hand. And he's holding these grounds and he's thinking, I, I need a new cup. And he asks Vic for a new cup. And, and before he could get the words out, Vic, can I have a new cup? Vic wheels around, pumps a shotgun shell into this sawed-off shotgun, and at point-blank range, there's a shotgun now facing Earl. And Vic simply says, put the coffee back into the cup. Which Earl does. He dusts off his hand. And Vic pours this boiling water into each cup. And Earl is wondering, what is this going to do to me? Why do I have a dirty cup? Why can't I have a clean cup? This scene, as crazy as it was, 
reminds me of this dialogue that is happening between the Pharisees, the scribes, and, and Jesus about these disciples not washing their hands or washing the food. And, and the concern for the, for the Pharisees is that they have become defiled because they have not followed the tradition of the elders. And Jesus tells them that it's not what goes into a person that defiles that person, but it's what comes out. Because what comes out is from within. It's informed, it's, it's generated from within, from the heart, from our intention, from our motivation. That is what defiles a person. So we have these Pharisees and these scribes and they're, they've got these cups and they're, they're holding on to the clean cup and they're giving the dirty cup to the masses. And they're telling the masses to put the coffee back into the cup. Jesus is giving the masses and the Pharisees another perspective to say it's not what's already there, it's not what's going in, but it's what's coming out. That's the defilement. You're, we're getting it mixed up, we're getting it confused, and, and we're, we're misappropriating the traditions. Traditions are fine. Traditions can help us, they can act as symbols of our faith, they can be reminders of faithful life and faithful worship. We have traditions in, in our services, in all of our services, we have traditions of the Apostles' Creed and the, of communion, of the Lord's Prayer, of our stained glass windows, of candles, altars, songs that we sing, prayers that we say, actions that we take can all be traditions and good and honorable righteous traditions if we remember and pay attention to the faith behind the tradition to the meaning of the symbol of the tradition where these traditions point and that's where Jesus is calling out the Pharisees they have forgotten where these traditions point they point to God they point to the one true God the creator and redeemer of all, sustainer of all things. And how we are to live in a relationship with this God. That's the purpose of the traditions. But when we forget that, the traditions become useless. And that, in fact, they become more harmful than useless. They become a barrier. And these disciples and these crowds that were gathering were finding these traditions as barriers and hurdles to find their way over, around, or through. And Jesus says, it's not, that's not the barrier. The barrier is what's within us. The barrier is our motivation, our intention, our heart. And what comes out from our intention and our motivation and our heart, that, that's the defilement when it doesn't honor God, when it's not faithful 
to our God and to our relationship with God and with one another. That's the defilement. So in these conversations that Jesus has, first with the Pharisees and the scribes, who he calls hypocrites for misappropriating and, 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 and their lack of teaching or, or improper teaching about tradition, and now to the crowds, the second conversation, he offers a cup a cup that they can hold and they can drink from, a cup that they can measure up to, a judge that will not condemn for faithful living, for proper intention, for righteous motivations. And then later in this passage, Jesus enters into a house with his disciples who are completely confused. And they don't know what to do or what to believe because they've been taught tradition after tradition after tradition. And they have tried to honor the traditions. And now Jesus is saying it's not the traditions you're getting that, are, that, that, that we should be concerned about. It's, it's our intentions. It's our hearts. It's our relationship with God. That's our concern. And in their confusion, they're looking at their cups and they're thinking, where do I put these coffee grounds? This, this passage is amazing for us. It's powerful for us. As we consider the traditions that we live with. Traditions like the Apostles' Creed. The Doxology. Gloria Patri. Lord's Prayer, Communion, Baptism. As we think about what these traditions point to, who do these traditions point to? That is the point, the purpose. That's the intention and the motivation of the symbol of a tradition. And so I hope and I, I pray for us that as we move into the rest of our week and as we gather together as a community, as we live together as a community in the world, and we continue to flex and adapt as we have to, to from whether it's COVID or worldwide pandemic or a surge or a hurricane or any other circumstance, we find ourselves as a community living in a world that is broken and wants to have barriers in front of us wants to place barriers in front of us, between one another, between us and God, between us and the world. And let us embrace the traditions that allow us and remind us of our call to be the church, to love God first, and to love our neighbor as ourselves to know that what is within us is what's important. It's our intention and our motivation for relationship and how we live those relationships. That's the message in chapter seven, is how we are a community living in a world that will challenge us. 
in ways that we expect, in ways we would never expect. So my prayer and my hope for us as Ashland Place, for us as the church, is to remember the tradition and what's behind it, the relationship with God and with one another. And that will tell us how to live. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, again, I want to say uh, thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning, and we will be back in person on Labor Day weekend. That will be September the 5th, and look forward to seeing you face-to-face, or if you still need to be in in the virtual platform, you'll see us (laughs) face-to-face. So we, we look forward to next week, and if you have any questions about Ashland Place or Um, our faith and their traditions that we follow and how we believe and live. You certainly are welcome to call us at any time during the week. And now I invite us to receive this benediction. Having heard the word read and proclaimed, let us depart from this time together to be God's people, the church, who live our lives from within, with intentions that are pure, motivations that are righteous, and relationships that are holy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.